Coote. Coote right through. Got a pass on to Brass, and Brass is in for the try. Oh, so easy. Nettie to Flannery. Flannery to Rickardson. Rickardson to Fletcher. Fletcher puts the arm up, and he goes over. Fletcher scores. Now it's one-way traffic. Williams has got the ball. Gets it on to Maloney. Sets himself. Kicks for Tupo. Tupo and Williams. Tupo! Last Thursday night, our almighty Cox took the trip across the spit to take on Manly for the Gotcha for Life Cup. It was 8v9 and plenty to play for with semi-final aspirations for both clubs. The lead up to the match, well there was plenty written about that, but we're all focused on the game itself. With the Roosters scoring three quick tries in the first 30 minutes, it looked like it was going to be another convincing win. But a spirited fight back by Manly saw them claw back the deficit and the match ended up 20 points to 10. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Roosters Radio. It's Silky and producer Pat in the hot seat. Pat, we're down a couple of troops this week, uh, all ruled out, medically unfit. Yeah, Silky, the pilot report, what's going on? Well, uh, of course, Bells is helping her husband, Mick Estini, former Rooster player. Mick uh, went under the knife during the week. He had a double knee replacement surgery. So uh, Mick's recuperating up there on the Central Coast. So uh, wishing him all the best. And uh, Bush has, uh, in inverted commas, gone for a small procedure himself. <laughs> well, uh, from little things, big things grow, Silky. So they say anyway. Yes, mate. So we're looking forward to getting them both back on deck next week. Now, Pat, uh, look, we spoke during the match uh, via the WhatsApp group. Roosters off to a fly. That uh, great kick by Luke Keery. It looked like it was going to be a 40 20. Uh, we got points off the back of that to uh, Daniel Tooper going over in the corner, who is tonight's special guest, I may add. But um, it was a funny game. Look, Manly were always going to come out fired up. There was no two ways about yeah, that. They had sure. the crowd behind them. You know, like I said in the intro there, there was plenty of uh, columns written and still plenty of commentary uh, about the decision for seven players to stand down. Um, so we knew they were going to turn up ready to play. From that, we scored three quick tries. But pretty much after that, in fact, once Lindsay Collins went off, Manly scored and then went into halftime and uh, – you know, it's fair to say that the second half wasn't much to talk about. Yeah, it was unfortunate for Lindsay Collins, um, wishing him all the best. Obviously, that's three this year, so it'll be interesting to see what they do there. But you're right, I think Manly were always going to come to play. No, no doubt. And I think Roosters, they may have got a little bit complacent. I mean, there was plenty of talk going around. You saw the odds are about $8 to Manly. Every, everyone was talking it's going to be a whitewash. But, you know, there was eight new players in and a few new debutants who were playing to prove themselves. You know, they're waiting for this opportunity, so they were always going to come up firing. I thought young Fulton had a blinder, uh, credit to him. And again, you got Des Hasler, who's one of the greatest coaches of all time, in my opinion. So he's always going to pull something together. I think we did enough. I think we just did what we had to do. I think we might have got a little bit complacent, but a lot of people saying we should have wanted to put on a more dominant win. I'm not too worried about that. Special mention to Sammy Verrills. I thought he had a great game. I think he topped the tackle count for the boys. Um, and look, he had plenty to play for. Uh, we spoke about it last week on the show. And I should just also just give a mention to Mark, his old man, who, who sent me a lovely message during the week. Mate, he makes that break 
the lines open and just cops one flush straight across the mush. How that wasn't a sin bin, I'll never know. And Egan Butchers was a sin bin. Yeah. It, it beats me. There's been it a lot me. of uh, inconsistencies with the, the judiciary over the past couple of weeks. I think with that first half, we looked really good. I thought JWH and Matt Lodge up front yep. were dominant as well, particularly JWH in that first uh, stanza that he, he was on the field for. But once again, when we came out after half time, we took the two points. But then it was ball control, discipline. I think we finished the match uh, only completing at 62%, which is just, you just can't win against the big teams um, with that kind of completion rate. And uh, I think we're up for 18 errors. So so plenty of work for, for Coach Robinson to address during the week. Well, in the second half, within 22 minutes, we only completed five sets. Yeah. It was just terrible. But on the flip side of that, to play both sides of the card, I think our attitude was still good. I mean, there was a thing there in about the 60th or 70th minute where we defended our line a couple of times and we knocked the ball on in a defensive error, but then the Roosters got up and started clapping and they started celebrating and clapping. And I thought, oh, this might be a, a, a manly knock on here, but it, it was a Roosters knock on, but they were just celebrating and, and getting around each other for defending another set on their line. So I thought that was a good show of attitude. Fair point there, Pat. Look, to be fair, look, the second half was a bit of a write-off. We just couldn't build any pressure. Mm. I think Coach Robinson even addressed it in the press conference where he was saying, we're playing play-by-play. We weren't looking, you know, forward. So I'd probably yeah. panic. I wouldn't say panicking with the football, but, you know, probably not playing the long game, if that makes sense. And, uh, you know, like he said also, he said, you just pick up and, and learn from the lesson. So I'm, I dare say they would have done a fair bit of video review in preparation for this Thursday night's match. And even Teddy at the end there, he said, we'll take the win. So, you know, all being equal, I think we just cop the two points and move on. The two points is two points. You take it any day. Special mention to our guest who we spoke about earlier, Daniel Tupo. Top the run meters, 208, two line breaks, and you mentioned Semi Verrill's 46 tackles. That's massive, massive achievement. Well, really looking forward to speaking to Toops. We haven't had him on this year. Uh, Many Roosters fans will remember he uh, celebrated his wedding at the end of last year in what was one of the most Quite lavish one, affairs <laughs> uh, on the calendar. So uh, I'm keen to ask him about that. Uh, and also just want to give a quick mention of Pat at the Peabody Cafe in Croydon. I went for a swim there the other day. I was representing with my East jumper on and a mad rooster. So, Pat, I know you listen to the show, mate. And lastly, Pat, before we go to our break, uh, my daughter Casey celebrates her 14th birthday today. So I know she listens to the podcast. So happy birthday, Casey. we got toops on for you. Happy birthday, sis. You're on Roosters Radio. And when we come back, the man of the moment, Daniel Tupu. <laughs> Well, Roosters fans, you can hear the excitement in my voice. And Silky, I know what this means to the entire Silk family. Our next guest, well, he's about to break a try-scoring record. He's Tongan royalty. He's back in the greatest form you've ever seen. And I can tell you what, he owns the airspace, just like Donald Trump in New York. <laughs> if it's above the shoulders, it's owned by Daniel Tupu. Well, please, welcome to Roosters Radio, our high-flying winger, a great friend of the show, and what a good man Silky it is to have on this week's guest. Toops, welcome. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Now, Toops, before we start talking football, I just want to take you back to December last year and the wedding of the year. It was one of the most lavish weddings I think I've ever seen. There was million-dollar motor cars. There was Tongan royalty there. I mean, Toops, talk us through it. What a great event. Oh, man, I'm still still embarrassed over the the whole thing. Like, um, caught me off guard a bit, caught me by surprise when I – Got them, all the media outside my car, uh, waiting for me to get out. And I thought it was for someone else, but it was actually, for- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, look, I'm just glad it's all over. It's all done with, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was an awesome day and, um, accomplishment to tick off the list, I guess. 
Now, Toops, obviously, Her Royal Highness Angelica was in attendance at the wedding. And I do note also that the King of Tonga is King Tupu. So I have to ask a question. Are you sporting royal bloodlines also, or is Tupu just a common name? Yeah, Tupu is a very common last name in Tonga. It's just a, a real common name, but yeah, there's sort of no relation, uh, relation there. But um, yeah, it's good to have a, a sort of same last name as, as, as the king and the royal family. So. Toops, they call uh, your former coach, Jim Dimmick, the king of Tonga around our way, around the eastern suburbs when he was a junior here. But uh, I think that, that yeah. king is now dead to us. You are the new Tongan king, mate. You're sharing the surname. We'll take this up with Jimmy over a no names and uh, and see what he's got to say. <laughs> uh, I can't take that, but hey, whatever you say. It's just just on that note. Uh, one thing I think rugby league fans get such a thrill out of, you know, the, the, the Polynesian boys, the Tongans, uh, you know, Samoans, our uh, you know players that come from the islands, they give so much joy. You know, they're representing about fifty to sixty percent of the NRL, but. To see the rise and rise and rise of Tonga as a powerhouse in rugby league, not only, I mean, you're part of that, not only makes you proud, but to see what it means to the Tongan people and how they get out in their droves and family support, that just must drive you and make the energy in your team and your belief in each other and, you know, your culture amazing to play for. Yeah, it does. I mean, um, it's the least we can do to give back to our to our people, to our culture, to our family and loved ones. Um, obviously, we all grew up in a similar story. Um, coming over here as migrants and, yeah, start a, a new life and, um, yeah, something we can appreciate. And I guess it's just us giving back to our, our parents and what they've done to get us here and, um, yeah, start a new life for us and not um, be raised the way they were. But, yes, like I said, it's the least we could do. And it's um, with us Polynesian, real proud people. And, yeah, we, we love the fact of, trying to give back in some sort of way or form but um yeah we just we love the support we love our people real proud even if we're getting beaten by 50 no they they'll still love us and support us to the to the very end tubes on that note uh one thing i think that rugby league fans have really become fond of you know we used to take awe at things like you know in a different game the all blacks would do the harker and now we have our own dances uh before the game and and, and i suppose customs before the game at the end of the game win lose or draw and opposition players get together how do you feel when you you come together after trying to take each other apart and then you come together in prayer it's something so special and i think rugby league fans across the board uh, love it. yeah we we hate each other on the field but um when the, the whistle blows we're, we're family and we're one uh, more uh, god-fearing people and we're all raised by faith in our polynesian country so at the end of the day, we're all brothers and we all um, play for the one common thing and the, the, the gift that we've been given and um, blessings to be able to showcase our, our talents out there on the field. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's a, again, a very proud thing that we can be able to do and um, obviously show um, others what we're about. Hey, Toops, the game itself, with, with so many high-profile players now representing Tonga, what has it done to the nation? Because if you go back probably five to 10 years, rugby was probably the primary sport or, you know, the national sport in Tonga. But with players like yourselves and, and the Taumalolos and, and, you know, even for feeders, you see when you guys play a home match, like there's sellouts or even in New Zealand that the crowd are going crazy. But has that changed? Is rugby league now the, the main sport, do you think? Uh, I'm not too sure. I, I, I think it's a, a good balance there between union and league. But, um, yeah. Obviously, I haven't been back to Tonga since 2019, but they've sort of got their own like little tournament tournaments now, like little 
how Matt's and SG ball tournaments back there, named after each individual Tongan player. But um, yeah, it's slowly growing a league, I guess. And um, but at the moment, I think it's just a, a good balance between you and the league at the moment. Tubes, your own form uh, this year has been outstanding, and it's seen you, uh, you know, reselected and rightfully so, and, and, and a great series in State of Origin for yourself. But club form has been amazing. Uh, what do you put it down to? You seem to be, uh, we're calling you Benjamin Button on this podcast. You seem to be getting younger. I don't know. I guess age comes with experience and um, a bit of confidence. So look for myself, I'm just trying to um, stay consistent and um, keep up with all these young young cats uh, in the side. So I'm just doing whatever I can, preparing the best that I can and being able to be consistent out there on the field and do my part for the boys the best that I can. But um, in in regards to owning the air, I've got uh, the little bro out there, Joey Swart, now who can uh, help me out there. And yeah, take a bit of pressure off me. But um, again, he's doing an outstanding job and love the little guy and he's um, doing really well for us. It uh, leads to the question then, you know, you've been with the club for 11 seasons, you know, played over 200 games. As a senior player now and, and a mentor to these young guys, What's that like? How do you, you know, how do you deal with that extra responsibility to a to a young Joey Sawali, for example? Um, the thing with Sawali, he's he's real op- uh, open and he's not afraid to come and ask me questions, which is um, awesome for me because I can sort of relate. I was in his shoes back then, but I was still the uh, quiet, shy kid to ask the the older boys back then, like Minza and SKD and and so forth back then. But um, he's real open and he's. Um, eagerness to learn and grow as a person and as a player um, sort of gives me that drive too to continue to play the best that I can and help him out any way that I can and give him any advice that he needs to um, grow his game. Do you enjoy that role being the being a mentor and I dare say probably to you know some of those younger Tongan boys as well? Yeah of course I enjoy it like I said I've, I was in their shoes once upon a time and I'm sort of still trying to grow in the way I'm giving advice in in my words but in my actions, I can I can sort of show them the best uh, possible way, and and yeah, I'm still um, learning, but at the same time, I'm enjoying it. Toops, uh, you know, leadership is certainly something that you know coming to the fore with yourself. But Teddy, this year, you know, you must be marvelling at some of the you know, other players in our team and the belief, the confidence. You know, the performance of yourself, Teddy and Joey Manu at the back, as well as young Joseph Sawali coming through. You know, as you said before, you started out with many. You've had some great years at the Roosters for some great people surrounding you, but this is this a particularly special year for you with such talent around you? Yeah, 100%. That won't take away the fact that, like you said, I've played with some great players back then. And yeah, I'm just grateful to be in the position I am to be able to play alongside Teddy still and um, Joey Manu and obviously Suwali. So yeah, I'm just grateful for every opportunity I get to play with these, um, these great talent and um, still growing as a team. And yeah, we're just, we're loving our performance at the moment, but um, we still got a lot to grow and learn and um, improve on. So I guess we're just taking it one game at a time and, um, yeah, we're heading in the right direction that we uh, want to. So it's another person that is always under pressure in the media, not from Roosters fans, but from, from the people that get jealous and outside. And it must be hard in any business, any family, any relationship, even marriage. It, it, you know, you got to constantly work on it. Coach Robinson's done an excellent job, uh, obviously, mentoring our team. But after so many years at the helm, you've been with him since, well, he was there in 2.10, but then officially full-time, 2.13. Every year, he just seems to get it right and change it up. How hard is it for him to do that? And how important is it a player to, to, to get right behind that? 
yeah, Robbo is obviously um, the man behind me. He's um, sort of molded me into the man and player that I am today, and I'm forever grateful for that. But I don't see it as a as a burden for him. He's he's whatever he gets thrown at, he handles it the way he does, and um, he handles it really well in any situation. So yeah, it does doesn't put any pressure on us as players, but um, we feel like if we do and execute our roles, we feel like we're letting our our father, our father down in that sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's again, he, you know, Robert Well, and he is outstanding at his job. Um, and yeah, we just, uh, yeah, we're grateful to have him as a coach and a, as a leader um, and a mentor. Toops, milestones are probably something you don't look at. But well, just before we jumped on the interview, I just, you know, checked out how many tries you've scored, which is at 128. Currently in second, I know you you got that not so long ago, but only about eleven tries or ten tries away is, is the record, which is held by many of uh, I think it's a hundred and thirty nine. I mean, look, uh, uh, any judge of football would say that's something you are going to achieve in your career. Is that something you've considered or looked at as a milestone in your career? No, I haven't. But now that you've said it, it's sort of like made me think. And um, again, I don't want to think too far ahead, but just take it as it comes but um yeah if it, if it eventually does get to that point um obviously i'll be extremely blessed to be able to um tick that off the list and um at the moment i'm just focusing on trying to be the best player that i can and do the best that i can for the team but again yeah if it comes i'll definitely be stoked to achieve that milestone may i ask then you know as i said earlier in the interview this is your 11th season with the club uh Parramatta Junior. You've won three premierships. You've done everything in the game, to be honest. You've represented Australia and Tonga, New South Wales. I mean, if you look back at that young fellow who came across from Guildford via Parramatta, you know, did you ever think you would have achieved so much in this great game? No, nah, not at all. Uh, not in my days. But um, again, I think I'll sit back once this is all done and just uh, look back at all the uh, accomplishments I've, that I've achieved and take it all in. But at the moment, I just take it a game at a time and um, yeah when it's all said and done I'll look back at all the achievements that I've achieved but yeah I'll just um, live in the moment really and um, yeah take it one day at a time maybe we will be able to get you some kind of royal kind of name like his royal highness or something to just to fit with that tongue and royalty what do you reckon <laughs> nah nah I'm, I'm good. <laughs> no royal highness uh, yeah. <laughs> troops finally from us uh, you know we've got the Broncos this week and one thing that uh, we do know about this team is is the belief in this team is incredible at the moment, right across the park. You see it uh, in Coach Robinson in the press conferences. You see it in the players in interview, and we see it transport onto the football field. How's it feel for you being a player in a team like that with so much belief in each other? Yeah, we've um, we've had four wins in a row now, which is um, an awesome back in. Um, the achievement for us, but we know we've got a lot to improve on. And obviously, it's another test for us this uh, Thursday against Broncos. And um, they know they'll they'll be coming out firing after last week's performance. So again, we we know we have that belief, and we've uh, prepared the best that we can. We've got one more session to go, and um, again, we've got all that faith and belief, and we know we've put in the hard work um, in last night's uh, training session. So we're ready to go. We're pretty pumped, and um, it's going to be good to be back at home playing in front of our fans. So. Yeah, we've got a couple more games to go and, yeah, we're just going to take it one game at a time and uh, 
nail this one first. Well, mate, we really appreciate your time on Roosters Radio. You've taken time out of your day off just to let the fans know it's not easy. We try to leave the, the boys alone. We try to get them just once a year and, and you know, they've got so many commitments, media, training, everyone wants a piece of them. But Toops, you're such a great friend of Roosters Radio. I know in the Silk House, Daryl Silk took his uh, photo of the great Lord Jesus Christ down and put the photo of Daniel Tupu in the air up. <laughs> uh, these girls are wearing jerseys with uh, Tupu on the back of them and uh, Cooper wears a pair of boxer shorts that are custom made. I can't go into it for legal reasons, but uh, that's how much you mean to us on Roosters Radio, mate. We love watching you play. You're so approachable. Uh, you're just such a great human being. And, and honestly, the results you get are because of the person you are and you've worked so hard to get there. I think we all get so much joy out of seeing you whether it's wearing the Tongan jersey, definitely the Roosters jersey. Uh, Silky alluded to the fact that you came in from Guildford on a train. We know you're leaving in Nick's Bentley. Thank you so much <laughs> for your time on Roosters Radio. And oh. go get them on this weekend, Tiger. <laughs> Thanks, Bush. Appreciate it. Thanks for the comments. Thanks, Silky. Thanks for the family support uh, also. And, um, yeah, it's always a pleasure being on the show. Thanks for having me. Welcome back to Roosters Radio, Silky. Another great interview with one of our favourites, Daniel Tupo. Absolutely love Toops. He's a big fan favourite in the Silk household. And uh, as Bush mentioned, my old man, he, he loves him. So, uh, look, I think it's it's worth noting too, um, as we said in the interview there, Toops is only a handful of tries away from uh, that record set by Mini only a couple of years back. And, look, when we talk about great wingers at our club, uh, you know, Toops is right up there. Billy Mullins comes to mind, of course. Anthony Minicello, Matt Singh, Brett Morris. Like, there's a great mm. list of uh, wingers that have played for our club. But, you know, Toops will get that prize. Yeah, no doubt. The way he's playing, I'd say he's got a few seasons left in him. And I think he'll um, he'll top of that pretty pretty easily, to be honest. Well, Paddy, this Thursday night, our beloved Cox taking on the fifth place Broncos. A must-win match for our boys. How do you see it? Yeah, I'm sensing a big bounce back, Silky. I think we're going to come back to the SCG. I think we really play well. I think it really throws teams off the the circle kind of field. Yeah. So I I hear anyway from the kicking game and whatnot. So I think we've got that home ground advantage. I'm sensing a big crowd for a Thursday night out there. And I think we're just going to bounce back and and play some good footy. Keir is just really finding his form back to, I mean, it's not nice to see him have those head knocks, but it's it's almost been a blessing in disguise. He's come back playing like before his ACL. So I'm really enjoying watching him play. I like that roaming role that Joey Manu was playing on the weekend. Yep. Obviously, lots of cooks in the kitchen. If we can balance that out, mate, we're a force to be reckoned with. I tend to agree, Paddy. Look, I think it's going to be a tight game, but look, Broncos were pretty poor last week mm. against the Tigers. And of course, um, with one of their forward leaders, Pat Garrigan, he'll be missing, no yeah. doubt. He's one of their star forwards. Uh, what, look, one of the mouth-watering matchups that I'm really looking forward to is Payne Haas up against JWH. <laughs> Just a couple of big boppers going yeah, at it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's mouth-watering. Uh, I wouldn't I, be surprised if Rudds tries to get amongst that either. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Just throw his weight around. <laughs> yeah. So, look, there's some really good matchups across the park, but that's the big one for me up up the middle. Um, having said all that, I think we can win. I think it'll be pretty tight. I'm going to say Roosters 24, Broncos 20. Yeah, solid, solid, Silky. I don't mind that. So Egan Butcher and Collins are going to be out for us this week. Yep. I think you're right. We'll bounce back strong, but Broncos are a class team this year. I'm sensing a close one too. Maybe not that close. I reckon Roosters 32, Broncos 20. 
Lots of points to be scored. Plenty of points. Must be a fast track there on Thursday night. That's what they tell me. Well, that's it for another episode of Roosters Radio. We'd like to thank our very special guest, the one and only Daniel Tupu. You've been listening to Roosters Radio. East East to win. win. It's not hard to play.